G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you will be aware, there is a challenge from the Yes case for homosexual marriage being heard in the High Court. It'll announce a decision before the 12th of September. The government is confident that the postal plebiscite survey will be allowed to continue and an announcement will be expected on the 15th of November. Well, Australians are very divided on the issue and the no case is relieved that they'll be able to have their say in a plebiscite. As things have already reached fever pitch, the debate has, in some cases, turned quite nasty. Just as political leaders have been encouraging both sides to have a civil debate, church leaders also are concerned that things can easily get out of hand. Pastor Rob Buckingham leads the Bayside Church in Melbourne. Joining us to talk through some of the issues of an approach to people who are in the middle, like the meat and the sandwich, people who are caught up in the criticism and the nastiness that can happen on both sides of the debate. Hello, Rob Buckingham. Welcome along to 2020. Thanks so much, Neil. Rob, the important thing I imagine in all of this is that people's lives are being exposed to criticism and it's criticism that can be very hurtful on both sides. Yes, you're right. I mean, definitely there are Christians who feel criticised, there are uh, LGBTI people who feel criticised and it's really those things are detrimental, I think, to having a healthy, respectful debate. I imagine that right before anything really started, uh, all of those who were saying that it will get nasty, it will be uh, grubby, it will be a hurtful debate, uh, they are in fact being proven true, uh, but it is hurtful on both sides, both sides arguing very, very hard. Yes, you know, and I think in, in a democracy like Australia, we, we espouse freedom of speech and, and we should be free to at least give our opinion uh, on on any topic, uh, as long as it's not hateful toward other people. But disagreeing with somebody else is not being hateful. And uh, I think sometimes, though, that if someone is particularly feeling sensitive about an issue, if someone disagrees with them, then they, they translate that into, you don't like me, you hate me, you don't accept me. And, I, and that's, that's not actually what's happening. Of course, the risk is on both sides, too, uh, of dehumanising people as people get nasty as they get into the name calling as there are all sorts of issues being talked about that could be taken personally uh, then this sort of dehumanizing effect is something that goes and rubs us up the wrong way as christians yes and that's where things uh, like the fruit of the holy spirit that paul talks about in galatians 5 really comes into play you know paul talked about the product of the holy spirit's work in our lives would be things like love and peace, gentleness, kindness, uh, self-control, and long-suffering. So those qualities are qualities that God's people in this nation need to exercise strongly, and they're the qualities that need to come to the fore. 
How do you feel, Rob, about the fact that some Christian leaders are divided uh, and there would be a small number by comparison to the huge numbers that are on the no side, but there are some who've come out on favour of the yes side and some might question how can that possibly happen given a biblical representation of marriage, but uh, this is causing real division within the Christian church even. Yeah, it certainly can. I think if you look at church history, though, division is nothing new to the church. Uh, if you think about, um, you know, in, in the year 1000, for example, there was one church, and that was the Roman Catholic Church. And then after the Protestant Reformation kicked in these days, we have thousands of different church denominations and movements. Um, so division is certainly nothing new. And, and we've often divided under um, doctrine uh, or the way that the Bible is looked at. And um, so I don't think that's anything new and nothing to be, really be surprised about. I think the most important thing here in regard to Christian unity is actually what we unify on. And what we all agree on is that there is a God um, who gave his son, that Jesus is God in flesh, that he walked on this earth, that he lived amongst people, that he died and rose again for the forgiveness and justification of all people, and that he now lives to uh, fully save people, and uh, he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is 2 Corinthians 5, where the Apostle Paul talks about the ministry of reconciliation, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling or bringing the world back into relationship with himself and not counting people's sins against them. And now he's given us the message and ministry of reconciliation. And so I think it's really important that the church unites in Jesus, who he was, what he's done, who he is, what he's going to do, and, uh, and, and that we give each other the freedom to disagree on certain other issues. As you say in one of your latest blogs, Jesus is at the heart of Christian unity. And even though there might be some disagreements, and sometimes only on finer points, sometimes not even on the biggest issues, but there needs to be, as you say, some level of reconciliation, perhaps after the debate's been had and the votes are in. I would certainly hope that's the case. You know, I'm all for robust debate and discussion. I think that's very healthy, as long as it remains kind and respectful. Uh, but after the results are in, if, if the yes vote wins, for example, and uh, over the process of the next few weeks the government works on uh, legislating for same-sex marriage in Australia, then uh, the no campaign need to be good losers and uh, the yes campaign need to be good winners. And I hope whether yes or no wins, that there's no gloating, uh, no unkindness, and, um, and, and that one way or the other this issue can be laid to rest. Rob, I know you've seen a little bit of the idea of an inevitability that one day somewhere down the track, whether it's as a result of the plebiscite or whether it's a result of a Labor government taking power, uh, you're, you're indicating that you think that there will likely be some form of same-sex marriage in Australia. Uh, that's uh, something that I, I imagine uh, is something that needs to be talked about perhaps after the vote is either won or lost. Isn't it a good thing to be taking sides at the present time? I'm all for people taking sides. That's fine if they want to do that. I guess where I'm coming from is very much trying to speak into both um, areas, and so I deliberately have not... Uh, told people what I'm going to vote. Uh, for example, I mean, it is, a, it is a secret ballot. 
and it's allowed to be secret. And so people are welcome to tell people who they're going to vote for, but they're also very free not to. So I've chosen not to because I don't want to polarise and I want to be able to speak into um, the issue, uh, in a, I guess, in a more broad way. We'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. Uh, Rob Buckingham leads the Bayside Church in Melbourne, talking about a civil debate on both sides of the same-sex marriage versus the ones who want to preserve marriage between one man and one woman. We're back with more in just a few moments. Taking a little time to unpack just the way we feel about one another while the debate over same-sex marriage is going on. How we feel about one another within the Christian church where there is even some division and some are taking one side or another and some are still sitting on the fence. And then there's the whole other side, those who are on the yes side of the argument over marriage. And Rob Buckingham is our guest. He leads the Bayside Church in Melbourne. You're suggesting, Rob, that as leaders in the church, we have to be very careful about whether we tell people how to vote. How are your feelings about that? Yes, I I never tell people how to vote, whether it's in a general election, state election, council, uh, or in this case, in a postal ballot. Um, Because church... I believe should be not 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 involved in politics but but beyond politics in the sense that in our church congregations we have all types of people and if you come out uh, as leaning in a particular direction then you by nature uh, will ostracize other people so for example we live in uh, Bayside Melbourne which is uh, fairly strongly liberal so uh, relatively conservative. Um, we did a little survey in our church a few years ago and we found out that the, um, just over 50% of our congregation are liberal voters, uh, less than that, obviously, Labor voters, and then there was a smattering of Greens and uh, Australian, uh, you know, uh, the Australian Christian parties and, uh, and a few independents. So if I came out very clearly and said, well, I vote blah, 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 then instantaneously I've got certain other people who, well, they know that my voting is different to them. And so I've deliberately not uh, made political statements in regard to polarizing people in a particular way because the gospel is what we're about. Discipling people is what we're about. Bringing people to Jesus and helping them grow in their relationship with Jesus is what we're about. And so if we become strong in some of these other areas, we actually hinder, I believe, we hinder the gospel message um, in Australia amongst our churches. A couple of issues with that, Rob, just to run by you, because while when there is an election, uh, some of those things hold true, and churches tend not to, uh, leaders tend not to take a partisan stance on political issues, this, however, is a, uh, it's called a postal plebiscite. Uh, it's been reduced to more of an Australian Bureau of Statistics survey. Yeah. So, yep. so we aren't in the middle of an election campaign and people are not necessarily voting. What they are actually is identifying where their mark will go on the page. And for Christians, this is a theological issue. How do you uh, describe the way that uh, that leaders ought to be able to convey to people who are in the pew that this is a theological issue and you really ought to vote according to a biblical stance? 
Yes, I, look, I totally agree with that. I mean, uh, obviously, every pastor is responsible for his own local congregation, so I'm not saying what other pastors should or should not do. Um, although I, I think, you know, I read the statement put out by Brian Houston recently for Hillsong Churches, and I read Dale Stevenson's um, statement from Crossway Church. Um, I know both men, uh, Brian, fairly well, and I know Dale very, very well, and uh, I love and respect where they're coming from. And I think both of them acknowledged that it's a divisive, divisive issue, that nowhere in their statements did they tell their people what to vote, but also, at the same time, they upheld um, heterosexual marriage as a relationship that is like no other relationship. And I have spoken in that way uh, in the blog, the current blog, as well as the blog I wrote a couple of years ago called Thoughts on Same-Sex Marriage. I talk very highly there that I believe that there is no relationship, uh, biblically speaking, that is like the bringing together of a man and woman in heterosexual marriage. Um, but at the same time, that does not lead us to be critical of other people's relationships. And uh, the example I use in, in the latest blog is the way that the church over the years has um, come to grips with single parents, um, has come to grips with divorce and or remarriage. And uh, I remember back in the 80s being at a number of church conferences where everyone was arguing about divorce and remarriage. And could someone, if they were divorced and remarried, be allowed in leadership? Were they allowed to be a pastor? and all of those things, and we've wrestled about those issues now for decades and come to a place where largely the church is fairly relaxed on those issues, even though theologically there are greater statements and stronger statements made in Scripture toward those who are divorced and remarried than there are actually about gay and lesbian people. Isn't it the case, Rob, that there are consequences uh, for teaching biblical truth because... While you need to tread lightly, uh, trying not to offend, uh, there isn't really a way that you can present biblical truth without some people being offended. I have no problem if the Bible offends people. Uh, I don't want to add offense to what Scripture says. Um, I, don't, I don't think that God's main purpose in Christ was to offend the world. Uh, the scripture I used earlier, I think, is just the opposite of that, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And I think sometimes the church, we, we have a right to be vocal on different issues, but my question is, what is the main message that Australians are hearing from the church? I had a very interesting conversation with someone uh, a while ago, and uh, they were saying to me that they thought the church had lost its voice, and I said, yes, I agree, but I think we might be coming from different angles here. And so my question to them was, if you were to ask the average Australian what the church's view was on same-sex marriage, um, what do you think that would be? And the person said, oh, I think most people in Australia would be aware that the church is not for same-sex marriage. And I said, yes, I would agree with you. And then my next question was, what do you think the average Australian would say if they were asked the question, what does it mean to be a Christian? And the person's response was uh, quite sobering. They said, oh, I think the average Australian would probably say a Christian is someone who tries to live a good life and goes to church. Now, if you can see from those two answers, I think we've lost our voice. We've lost our message because we all know as Christian men and women that the message of Jesus Christ is not be a good person and go to church. It's, it's to come to God through the person of Jesus, to have our sins forgiven, to be given a new 
heart and a new life, to be reconciled to God, to be transformed from the inside out by the power of the Holy Spirit over the process of time, and to lead a new life as a result of all of those things. I think we've missed, uh, or I should say we've clouded the gospel message by making it very aware, or making Australians very aware of what we're against. So, so the detriment of the gospel. And when we're in the middle of a heated debate, uh, what you're saying is there are a number of dimensions here that we acknowledge as Christian believers, and uh, those dimensions of loving your neighbour as yourself, well, mm-hmm. they're not set aside while we're in the middle of a debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not call it so much an argument as, as much as it is a, a trying to gently but assertively uh, impress truth from the Bible. But, uh, but you're saying let's not lose sight of the higher goal of the gospel. Yes, very much so. That's our number one message that God has given to us. And anything that works against that message, anything that clouds that message, that stops precious people from coming toward a God who loves them and has drawn them toward himself in Jesus, then anything we do that, that hinders that, uh, we, we need to be seriously aware of. And Rob, just quickly, of course, there's been a big challenge that the church has with a debate going on like it is. How does the Christian church provide a pastoral care for people in the LGBTQI community? And because there are many who do want to associate with the local church, they find that very difficult. Churches have a major challenge on their hands. How do you think? feel as though uh, people in church life need to be responsive to people who are from that community? I think we need to get rid of some of the myths uh, that have surrounded um, the way that the church engages with gay people. Um, One of the first things, I I, I was an atheist when I became a Christian, and uh, one of the first things I heard from a Christian when I was starting to consider Jesus and his claims was that homosexuality was an abomination to God. And I've got to say that really, really surprised me. Um, I'd worked in a record store in Perth uh, in the 70s, back in my teenage years, and uh, my boss was gay, and uh, myself and my mates, we used to go around to his place, and he had a partner, and uh, we'd have dinner together, and they were just great friends. And so it, it really surprised me. I have heard some absolute horror stories over the years of the way that lesbian and gay people particularly have been treated by the church um, and I think we've, we've just got to understand you know, gay, lesbian transgender, bisexual, intersex are people not just letters and we need to treat people as people, people bring all sorts of um, things uh, in their lives uh, to the church community, I don't stand at the church door on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning quizzing everybody about their life and what they've done during the week and who we're going to let in and who we're not going to let in. Um, I invite people to come and journey with a community of believers. As long as they sincerely want to seek God and grow in a relationship with God, uh, together in a community, I think that that's the main thing. And allow the Holy Spirit to sort some things out along the way if he wants to. Certainly sensitivity required and having a deeper appreciation of a biblical understanding 
uh, with those extra dimensions that we cannot neglect as Christian believers and carriers of a message of reconciliation and the gospel. Uh, we can't ignore those. Uh, Pastor Rob Buckingham, our guest. Uh, Pastor Rob leads the Bayside Church in Melbourne. Uh, Rob, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. You're very welcome, Neil. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.